BYU has a new university president that will lead them into the Big 12 era. Who is C. Shane Reese and what do we need to know about him? And also, an exclusive one-on-one conversation with BYU running back Hinkley Rapati ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys making us a part of your day. Today's title sponsor on the show is our friends over at FanDuel. This episode of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Just a quick reminder that we are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU and thank you once again for checking out the show whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening to it on a various uh, number of podcast platforms out there. You guys are the engine that makes this thing go but uh, another thing that's going to make BYU go and a new uh, I guess president or a new leader for BYU going into the Big 12 era came by way of BYU's University Devotional yesterday. Jeffrey R. Holland was scheduled uh, pretty late in the process uh, to speak uh, at BYU's weekly devotional down there at the Marriott Center. Uh, some told me that it was announced at the devotional last week that Jeffrey R. Holland would be making the trip to Provo, but word started kind of filtering out uh, late Monday night that Jeffrey R. Holland was going to be there. Of course, he is a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He is one of the uh, leaders when it comes to the church education education system, which is the arm of the church that runs BYU and its sister universities. Uh, and obviously, when you we hear that he's showing up and start to be rumors that uh, Kevin Worthen, obviously he's been at BYU for nine years. This is the time of the year, the last two times that BYU made changes at university president in the past couple of decades. They made the announcement in March, and that person, whoever was selected as university president, assume the role uh, effective May 1st. So a lot of it was lining up saying, okay, this this kind of lines up because, uh, like I said, Kevin Worthen had served nine years as BYU's president. I can tell you this much. Everything I have known about Kevin Worthen and my brief interactions with him, all of them have been nothing but positive. He was a great, great leader for the BYU, a uh, greater campus and uh, just, I guess, student body, and did some really, really good things at Brigham Young University. But obviously, uh, it's kind of the thing every day decade or so, BYU likes to switch things out. And obviously, they made the announcement yesterday, Jeffrey R. Holland announcing that uh, C. Uh, Scott, no, I saw C. <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong thing here. C. Shane Reese, not Scott, C. Shane Reese takes over as BYU's 14th president all time. And uh, the biggest thing about this is in talking with some people just briefly about who Mr. Reese is, or I guess I should say Elder Reese, because he is a general authority 70 for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in addition to his roles at BYU. But uh, in talking with people, they said this is a great choice for BYU. And they were speaking about it more from the university perspective, but obviously this is an athletics 
Bronx-based uh, podcast talking about BYU sports. And what I understand about C. Shane Reese, and the first thing that was pointed out uh, by people on social media, guys like Matt Brown from Extra Points, etc., is that this is a guy who is a statistician by trade. Took a stats class, uh, reading some of his bio, when he was a freshman at BYU, fell in love with the discipline, and has really become one of the foremost authorities in statistics. A guy who led BYU's physical and mathematics department for three years as the dean there, and then was named the academic vice president at the post that he has held for the better part of four years now, before now becoming the president-elect of Brigham Young University. But one thing that's been pointed out time and time again is one of his specialties is sports analytics, especially football analytics. This is a guy, and Elder Holland highlighted this in his comments about Elder Reese, right now I should say President Reese, that he actually turned down an opportunity to work with the Philadelphia Eagles on a full-time basis in their front office, working on sports data and analytics, that type of stuff for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had gone to Philadelphia ostensibly, uh, the way I understand it, to work with Andy Reid during his time as the head coach of the Eagles out there, and the Eagles apparently thought highly enough of what President Reese was doing to give him an opportunity to leave BYU and become a member of their front office. He opted against that. It sounds like this is a guy who was a BYU guy through and through. Uh, went to Texas A&M in his comments. He said that when he got uh, sent in his transcripts for Texas A&M, they called him up and asked him if English was his first language, language because his mathematics and statistical scores were absolutely awesome. But apparently, according to him, his English... Uh, numbers or grades weren't quite as good, but nonetheless got his doctorate in uh, statistics from Texas A&M University after getting both his bachelor's and master's degree from BYU. And it sounds like a BYU guy, folks. And I know that a president of a university has so many other things on their plate dealing with the academic side of things, the overall uh, health and well-being of the campus itself, the student body, but they do play an outsized role in athletics, especially when BYU is going into the Big 12 here. Shane Reese will be a part of the Big 12. 12's board of directors. He will be one of the voting members in the Big 12 conference. It's something I assume that Kevin Worthen was going to assume at least for the little uh, while into the future before being replaced. But BYU is making this change now just to take over on May 1st, just two months before July 1st when BYU officially enters the Big 12 conference. So uh, President Reese has got a lot of things cut out for him. But what I like about him is he has got a background in sports. This is not a guy who's coming in uh, from the university side of things and saying that all right, what does sports really have to do? No, this is a guy who understands the value of athletics. I had a conversation with a person who has worked at BYU and they explained to me that they think this is a great choice, and at minimum, he will have a, a gratitude, or I, I'm trying to say, he'll he'll have a, a soft spot for BYU athletics. Does that mean he's going to start funneling funds towards the BYU athletic department? No, that's absolutely not. That's just church policy. Uh, tithing funds that uh, go to BYU as a university do not fund BYU athletics. I don't know how many people need to hear that time and time again, but that's just not the case. People think that the church is funneling all kinds of money towards BYU athletics. If that was the truth... Uh, there's a certain quote-unquote slush fund that people like to talk about that Deseret Peak Advisors has accumulated for the church. You'd think a few more millions or potentially, you know, billions might have been funneled to BYU if that were the case. But nonetheless, getting back to the point, I think this is a phenomenal appointment uh, for C. Shane Reese to take over as BYU's uh, university president. Uh, he'll have, obviously, a lot of things to decide as moving forward with regards to what BYU's future is going to look like in the Big 12. How will he uh, work in concert with the other university presidents and chancellors in the Big 12? But this is a young guy. I, I was trying to figure out how old he was about. I, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably in his 
50s. Seems like a fairly young guy, and the thing about this is I'm very excited to have him leading the way because he seems like a guy who understands a lot of the challenges BYU's facing as a university and also as an athletic department moving forward now in the Big 12. He was part of the official board of the uh, inclusion, uh, what do they call it? They, they created like a panel of people for inclusion, diversity, and uh, there was one other acronym they used in that, and he was part of that board really trying to help BYU understand how they can better support uh, minorities on campus. So this is a very, very savvy appointment from BYU uh, to bring uh, President Reese in to run uh, the university. And obviously, like I said, he'll be running BYU athletics in terms of being the overall decision maker and, and vote caster, I guess you should say, when it comes to their Big 12 future. But I'm very, very intrigued by him. I'm looking forward to ca- talking with some more people and trying to find out some more of the background on him, how he perceives things, get some details on you. And anything I learn, I'll be happy to pass along to you guys. But on its head, I think this is actually a very, very savvy addition, uh, or not addition, I guess an appointment from the BYU Board of Trustees. Obviously, um, Russell M. Nelson, the prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he heads the Church Education System Board. He's got a number of members of the Big 12, the First Presidency on it, General Relief Society president, and a number of other folks who have a say in this, and they all came to the conclusion that President Reese was the man to lead BYU for- forward now, and I think this is going to be a good era for BYU because this guy worked with Andy Reid. Andy Reid is as football savvy and centric as anybody out there. Anybody who knows anything about Andy Reid knows that football is at the core of what Andy Reid is all about. And if this guy was in the good graces of Andy Reid and working with the Philadelphia Eagles, well, you know, by golly, he's in my good graces as well. He's also done work with USA Olympic volleyball teams, uh, doing research for them. He's also studied NASCAR. So this is a guy who knows sports analytics and at least has a baseline knowledge of how college athletics are supposed to work and he's worked at BYU for long enough that I'm sure he'll be at BYU sporting events. I guess we'd go from now, it was Woosh Cecil to Woosh Kevin. Is it now going to be Woosh Shane? I know some people on social media said call it Woosh C. Shane uh, to kind of make it more back to what it was with Woosh Cecil when Cecil Samuelson was leading BYU as the university president. But I think this is a, a, a great Great pickup uh, for BYU. I'm talking like as if this was like a recruiting battle that BYU won. This is a guy who's a BYU guy through and through. When you pass on an opportunity to work for an NFL front office, I'm going to look at you a little bit sideways and be like, "What are you doing?" Like that just that that doesn't seem to square up with me uh, personally. But this is a guy who apparently is just absolutely enthralled and in love with BYU, and there are worse people to have leading the university as a whole than a guy like President Reese. So wish him nothing but the best and success. Good health all that good stuff as it leads BYU football forward and obviously big new era for BYU athletics with him at the helm going in to the Big 12 Conference. All right, coming up next, I had a great opportunity to catch up with BYU running back Hinkley Ropati earlier this week. I was actually, no, it was late last week. I talked with him last Friday about how spring ball is treating him, how he's developed as a running back between last season when he broke out in the back half of the season and what he's doing in spring right now. We'll get to that conversation in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, uh, FanDuel is here, my friends, and the tournament is heating up. Speaking of the men's basketball tournament in college hoops, now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It's because customers are getting what they call a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, you heard me right, if it doesn't win, you get the money back from our friends at FanDuel. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and you can bet on everything you want to under the sun. Prop bets, money 
line spread. They even have uh, some exclusive bets to FanDuel like 2x3, which is two three-pointers made in the first three minutes of an individual game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So if you want to have a bigger opportunity at a bigger amount of money being sent back to you guys, check it out now. Don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet right now of up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more now. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, for your second listen today, I would encourage you guys to check out our brand new podcast here. It's Locked On College Basketball. Of course, March Madness is upon us. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, who are the co-hosts of this podcast, give you everything you need to know about on and off the basketball court. Hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape as well. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time now to let you guys hear an exclusive one-on-one conversation with B. BYU running back Hinkley or Potty. Uh, there are people who call him Quadzilla, a guy that's just, he's he is a stacked athlete, folks. He stands shorter than I do, but man, I felt like I was intimidated just because he's such a bulky dude. What I love about him, he's got a great personality, has some great thoughts on how BYU and his experience at BYU have led him to being one of the top running backs now on BYU's roster. What is he doing during spring ball to assert himself near the top of that depth chart? What does he make of Aiden Robbins? All of that and more right now right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Telling the last year, you kind of broke onto the scene for a lot of BYU fans. They'd probably heard your name transferring from junior college, but what do you think contributed to you having the opportunity to finally just show what you could do last last season? I think the, the biggest thing, just availability, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so obviously I came here my first year right before the season started. I you know, tore my, my ACL, had some meniscus problems mm-hmm. the following year, and it was just availability was just kind of the biggest question, you know what I mean? And, like everybody says, right? That cliche saying is availability is the best ability. And so can't really do much, you know? And so, and then when I was available, um, just it was just a matter of making sure I, you know, I, I stayed healthy and, um, you know, just whatever opportunities came my way, just make the most of it. And so, yeah. Now you've been around some really good backs. Tyler Algier, oh, your first, was it two years or first year you were here? Yeah, you, my first two years here. And yep. then and then you had Chris had, last yes, year. Sir. You've had other running backs. Well, Penny as well. Penny, yeah. Uh, how important have those guys been in helping you kind of like stay the course? Oh, huge, huge. I mean, just seeing how, how they approach the game mentally, you know what I mean? Obviously, physically, they're, they're gifted, you know what I mean? Great backs, but um, I think the, the, the mental side of the game is what I took the, the most from them, you know what I mean? How they approach the game, how they approach practice, um, their mentality when it comes to every single rep that they take in practice. And so I feel like that's what's been the biggest game changer in my game, just uh, what I took away from them. Now, I think the greatest meme I've seen from BYU football is when it was uh, Coach Sataki, Fessy Sataki, uh-huh. took a <laughs> shot of you and stuck his head, like he photoshopped his head onto <laughs> it and said, I love playing. Do you enjoy stuff like that when people are like, "Hey, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your physique and Photoshop myself onto it"? No, it's it's, it's fun. It's, it's honestly the you know we, it's not the first time that's happened. So, <laughs> okay. but like it, it's fun to get heckled by the coaches mm-hmm. and everybody like that. I mean, it's just it's just always a good time. So yeah. Now you were on my podcast when you first committed to BYU, and this is before you even got to BYU. Yes, sir. Cerritos, all that stuff. Yes, sir. How much, in your opinion, have you changed? Like, where have you improved the most? You feel like. Oh, I'd say, like I said before, mentally. Okay. Mentally, I feel like I've, I'm in such a better place. Um, obviously, coming from, from JUCO, it's definitely a different transition. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is obviously a lot faster. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still football, but, sure. you know, the game is a lot more physical and faster um, at, at this level. But I think that's the biggest thing that, that I feel like I, I've grown the most is just the mental part of it, you know, understanding that, you know, when to slow the, thing, when to slow the game down, when to slow 
you know, um, the plays that are happening, just controlling what you control um, at that very moment, not worrying about anything else, you know. And so I felt like that was the biggest thing that, 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 I, uh, that I've grown since I've been here. How different is, I guess, here in spring, how, it, how different is the scheme for you guys as running backs, if at all, with Keaton Slovis at quarterback now? Um, it's, it's not different at all. I mean, A-Rod and uh, Coach A-Rod and Coach Harvey, um, Harp said, like, on us every day, you know. Um, we're just going to continue to run our hard-nosed football the same way we always do. I think the biggest thing is obviously they're just getting used to some of the adjustments, but they're, they're doing so well. I mean, the QBs came in right away. You, you wouldn't even, you can't even tell that they're new, you know what I mean? New to the, to the program, new to the scheme. They, they came in right away, picked it up, and I think it's just a matter of just continuing to build that chemistry with them, and, and yeah, so yeah. You and Miles are obviously holdovers from last season, but Aiden comes in here now as yes, a transfer. Yeah. And I've had a chance to talk to him a little bit, but yeah. I know he's not doing team stuff. He's doing drills with you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What, what sets him apart as a back in your opinion? Um, man, a lot of things. I, I think the biggest thing that stands out, obviously, is his size. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. He comes in at, a, <laughs> I think, a 6'3". He's a, he's a big dude, you know what I mean? But at the same time, he also brings bring his, uh, his experience. He brings his, his experience from, from where he was at. You know what I mean? He definitely, I mean, he, he did a great job, a phenomenal job at where he was UNLV, at the year before, yeah. UNLV, you know what I mean? Toting the ball and things like that. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. He brings a lot of experience, some wisdom. And I mean, his, his style of play, I really like it. I mean, for, for a guy that big, he can move, you know what I mean? And, and you, you got to be excited, you know what I mean? Yeah. When a guy that big can, can also, you know, bruise and, and uh, you know, take hits, but at the same time can, can break away all those runs. So, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting. You know, I love it. I know you have that natural leverage because you're a little shorter, dude, but yeah. <laughs> weight-wise, you got to be in the same class as him, I'm assuming. Uh, because you're I, pretty thick. Like you're, you know, people can see. Like you're quads. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lean out a little bit. You okay. know, trying to, trying to rely on, on speed a little bit more. But uh -huh. obviously, you gotta, you gotta stay strong in, in certain, in certain parts. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the heaviest running backs in, in the room, just because I'm, you know, too fat right now. So I just gotta lose some weight. But fat. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. I, I don't, I don't see an ounce of fat <laughs> on you. But n nonetheless, when it comes to that, were you, have you always been? this like thick of a running back like even in high school junior college all that stuff um or? i feel like in high school i wasn't at, i wasn't at all i mean actually okay. I, I played receiver slot receiver oh, so you play, oh i remember that you said you so, played yeah slot receiver. so it was it was it was definitely uh it helps coming here and being able to catch out of the backfield and things like that but yeah i mean when it came to size wise i mean i've, I've always been the smaller guy on the field i i feel like i my, my physique I've, I've always been my dad has, has been always harping on me about like you know uh, making sure I, I looked the part and, and, yeah. and you know play really hard, work out really hard. So he always he always pushed me in, in the weight room and things like that. But I feel like I've always been small until I came home from the mission. I don't even realize I'm big until people tell me. I, even if, if you look around the guys that are around me, and I'm with every day. I feel yeah. like I'm the tiniest person out there. So I mean, sure. Okay. And last thing for me. A lot of people were intrigued by what you do in the screen game, and mm -hmm. I, I probably should have had two and two together. You played slot receiver in high school, so yes, that, sir. I guess it's more of a natural extension of you having ex receiver experience going out for that screen game. Yeah, yeah, most, most definitely. I mean, but then again, I mean, you've seen the way those guys block. I mean, I, I tell people this all the time. Any of our running backs are, 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 are like cap more than capable mm -hmm. of running that, you know what I mean? So the guys got out there, made their blocks, did their 111, and it was just my job to, to get in the end zone. Uh, now you got three weeks left of spring ball. Yes, sir. What do you want to focus on? What do you want to improve the most over the final few, pra I guess, nine practices? Um, the biggest part is just like enjoying the moment. You know what I mean? You don't really get these moments. Like, yeah. you know, I'm getting to the point where I was my rest junior year, and it's just like, it's just crazy. You know what I mean? I, I can't believe I look back. I've been here for for like this is gonna be my third mm -hmm. you know year going into it. It's just like, it's pretty crazy. You know? So I just try to enjoy the moment. You know, be in the moment with the guys, enjoy because you know this it doesn't last long. You know, you you want to play football for as long as you can and hopefully get to that next level. But I'm just trying to enjoy it, have fun, but at the same time, I'm you know trying to work on my craft and become a 
better better player and overall better person by being around these guys. There you go, Hinkley Ropati, BYU running back. Can't thank him enough for taking the time to join us here on the podcast. And as you heard him talk about, he's just trying to kind of take in everything he's gone through at BYU. Like he mentioned, he had an ACL tear, dealt with meniscus injuries, and finally had an opportunity the back half of this past season to show what he's capable of doing. And funny enough, if many of you recall, in that Notre Dame game, he came in in his very first carry as a BYU Cougar that I can recall. I don't think he had played before this. He fumbles the ball and never saw the field again in that Notre Dame loss. But back half of the season starts to emerge, became a really, really nice weapon, as you heard him talk about, with regards to the screen game. Of course, this kid's a humble, humble young man, deferred a lot of the credit to the offensive line and other players around him, but really, really enjoy uh, what he is bringing to BYU and excited to see what he can continue to do this spring and on into training camp when guys like Aiden Robbins, as he talked about, talked about how big Aiden is, he'll actually join the battle a little more fully in terms of teamwork and that type of stuff and looking forward to seeing that position battle uh, play out throughout the entirety of training camp obviously you can't uh, not include guys like Miles Davis in that conversation as well but running back I, I think is going to be a strength for BYU and I think Heakley Ropati is kind of the guy that it makes that makes it go he's, he's so versatile that's the one thing I like about him is he's able to contribute in a myriad of ways and if you were watching this on YouTube you saw the absolute gun show that he has going on triceps for days Quads are just gigantic. This is a dude that is a well-put-together athlete. It's absolutely incredible to consider that he was a slot receiver, as he said, back in his high school days. But nonetheless, big thanks once again uh, to Hinkley Ropati, or Folau Ropati, I guess I should say, for taking the time to join us right here on the podcast. All right, coming up next, we'll round out today's show with a look back at BYU finally hitting rock bottom in the 2014 season as our look back at all 155 BYU independent football games rolls on. More on that in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at UCCU. It's now the perfect time, my friends, to open a low-rate home equity line of credit from our friends over at UCCU. Over time, the value of your home goes up, and as you make payments, the balance that you owe goes down. The space in between is called equity, and it's yours. A UCCU home Home Equity Line of Credit can put that equity to work for you. Helps you finish your basement potentially or your yard that would obviously raise the profile and value of your home. Uh, paying off higher interest loans and getting out of debt faster or even can help with college or weddings if that's something that you have on your radar. Or The best part is it's just simply a peace of mind knowing that you have a low-rate line of credit ready for whatever whenever. UCC will also provide you with your very own home equity visa card, giving you an instant access to your equity. And if you already have a home equity line with another uh, financial institution, just refinance with UCCU and save. To learn more or to start your application today, visit uccu.com or stop by any branch. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. And you guys, uh, I cannot thank you guys enough. We are continuing to set records. This time of year is actually the slowest time of the year in many regards with this podcast. In terms of overall listenership, viewership, uh, sponsorship, all of that, we, you guys are blowing it out of the water. So thank you for your support on the podcast. It's absolutely phenomenal. I love what I do. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be the, I guess, the voice for you out there that uh, listen to this podcast. I know there are a number of you who check us out for the first time maybe every day. Uh, there's other others of you who have been riding with me for four and a half years now and have endured my droning on uh, for 
1,250 plus episodes now, but nonetheless, to each and every one of you, I say thank you. All right, uh, before we go on today's show, let's talk about the 2014 season for BYU. Obviously, it started with so much promise. Taysom Hill, uh, Taysom, I sound like a Texan. Uh, Taysom Hill was a Heisman Trophy candidate, a guy that BYU had kind of pinned their hopes on in that season, starting 4-0, but the losses started to pile up after he broke his leg against Utah State, and BYU went into a game against Boise State up in Boise, and let's just put it this way, things hit rock bottom for BYU at this point in the season. Now, I can uh, I know exactly where I actually watched this game. Uh, I, during the 2014 season, I was actually dating my now wife. Uh, funny enough, she endured an entire football season of dating me, dealing with my absolutely insane schedule, which she still puts up to this day, so i got to give her credit. She is, she is just an absolute godsend in that regard, because my schedule is anything but normal, but thank you to her for enduring with this. We actually were, uh, went to go see a family friend of hers at a restaurant in the Salt Lake area, and I told her, hey, BYU's playing a game. I'm going to be able to check that out because obviously I was working at that time. I'm in sports media. I obviously have a responsibility to talk and report on BYU, and she said, okay, well, we're going to this restaurant. They have a TV. You can kind of saddle up there and watch the game, so that's exactly what I did, and in some ways, I regret watching this game because BYU ended up getting absolutely just crushed, and it was 55-30 to 30 was the final, and it wasn't even that close, folks. Any of you who recalled this game against Boise State. Grant Hedrick was the quarterback for Boise State in this game, and he absolutely torched BYU in this one. 24 completions on just 31 attempts, 410 yards, 13.2 yards per attempt, four touchdowns. He did have one interception, but he just absolutely uh, going off. Uh, they also had Jay, uh, Jay Ajayi, who obviously went on to have an NFL career, had 26 carries for 118 yards and two touchdowns of his own. Grant Hedrick also added another rushing touchdown. It was an absolute beatdown for BYU is actually the most points BYU had given up uh, since uh, the uh, 2007 season when they lost to Tulsa in a shootout out there in Tulsa. Many of you recall it was like 55-47 to 47 in that Tulsa game. But Boise State just absolutely smacked the Cougars in this one. Now, Bronco Mendenhall had noticed that the defense was slipping, obviously, during the 2014 season. Uh, he had done this previously, what obviously with the J- Jaime Hill situation when he took over the defense and rallied them with the gray shirts a couple seasons before. But uh, with uh, the defense faltering... And and he, he felt like, you know what, I need to step in here and see if I can figure some things out. So he stepped in and actually took over play-calling duties for the BYU defense with the thought that he would do what he did uh, the previous time when Jaime Hill was re- replaced there. He did not uh, fire, though, uh, the defensive staff th- like he did when it came to the Jaime Hill situation. Different circumstances, be what they were, and... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to come off as negative on what BYU is doing, but Bronco stepped in and did nothing. I didn't say did nothing, but nothing he did helped BYU in this. Like I said, they hit rock bottom. You give up 55 points. You get just absolutely crushed up there at Boise. Yet another loss for BYU, but it was their fourth straight loss. And like I said, it was it just it was the bottoming out for BYU in the season because as we would learn the next week, albeit with a significant a second season-ending injury for another significant player, BYU would go to Middle Tennessee the next week and get themselves back on the rebound to finishing the season in a positive fashion. Also against a lighter schedule in the back stanza for BYU. But nonetheless, 
crazy, crazy times. Bronco stepped in, took over. Like he said, he said I think the quote, I'm, let me find this here, said, uh, quote, I called every defensive play trying to help turn some momentum and generate some excitement and passion to play great defense, said Bronco Mendenhall. I, want the, I wanted the kids to be able to execute at a higher level, but I didn't have the kids prepared enough. We could have played better, unquote. He wasn't wrong. Like I said, you have to 55 points. It's just it was not meant to be for BYU that day in Boise. But the good news was, as I mentioned in our kind of opening stanza of today's show, it was the opening stanza of this part of the podcast. It was the bottoming out for BYU. I think it was a come to Jesus moment, I guess you could say, for this BYU defense, the team as a whole. And they started a little bit of a rebound the following week at Middle Tennessee. And we'll talk about how that went for BYU coming up on tomorrow's show. All right, so there you go. That is everything you need to know about BYU on a Wednesday. Hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you for your support of the podcast, as always. Thank you for making us your first listen. Now go make your second listen. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors got you covered every single day with regards to all the Big 12 news you guys need to know about. Football, basketball, and everything in between. Check that out on YouTube or get it wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.